that? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? You what the fuck? Welcome to What the Fuck Did You Make Me Watch? The podcast where we hunt for the best and worst of film, TV and new media to see if we can make each other love or hate it or at least like it enough to rate it by giving it some fucks. So, Michael, last week we looked at a bit of excruciatingly bad romantic comedy and this week we decided instead to delve into the world of sci-fi. Yes. Now, before we kick off the show... Make sure you come and join in the party with Michael and Davina online. We are on Facebook at WTF Did You Make Me Watch? And we're also on Twitter at WTFU Make Me Watch. You can talk to us about what we've been talking about, uh, leave a review, uh, even a suggestion about what you think we should be looking at and talking about in our future episodes. So this week, as I mentioned earlier, is sci-fi. And, uh, Michael, you know, if you ever want a genre with plenty of what the, sci-fi is definitely it. And this week, you gave me a bit of a doozy. Tell me. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was a bit of a doozy for everyone. It was a doozy from where it came from. Netflix did a bit of a Beyonce and just dropped this movie out of the blue on, I think it was, uh, Super Bowl Day. And it's called The Cloverfield Paradox which is a byproduct, it's either a prequel or a sequel or a something cool of the original Cloverfield movie. And I thought it is just completely going to fuck with your brain. Morning, beautiful. Two. I'm getting sick of only seeing you on a screen. One. One. Please, God. (laughs) Be on our side. Standing by for your go. Turn that shit on. The earth, it's gone. It's big, blue, full of angry people. Keep looking, you'll find it. Um, okay, so I googled the Cloverfield paradox, right? And you know what? You know what the predictive text? And it's you know, so you know, like um, how do I? And it will say, you know, give you some suggestion. So I wrote in the Cloverfield paradox, and the first suggested text was the Cloverfield paradox plot explained. So just to give you an idea, nobody knows what the fuck is going on, and they had to search it. Yeah, and then after I finished watching the film, I went and read it. So I'm like, please. Tell me what this thing is about. Um, I read the explanation and it still didn't make sense for me, Michael. <laughs> I've watched it and read the explanation and it still doesn't make sense. No. So, um, first impressions, I am two minutes in and I literally have zero idea of what is going on. Um, so, this is what I can work out within the first few kind of minutes. Uh, there's an energy crisis in the world. There's rolling blackouts. People keep losing power. Uh, the world is about to hit full-scale war because we just don't have enough energy for everybody. There's an international space station with limited fuel and a very good-looking lady on it with a British accent who seems to be doing experiments. Well, they seem to be doing experiments to fix the energy crisis. There's a burly American guy that stops all the international people from fighting. Like, hey, you guys, 
well done, America, keeping the peace. Um, And, of course, the Russian always fights with people. Oh, that mad Russian. He's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, you wait until I get to talk to my what the at the end, all right? (laughs) So the title of Cloverfield Paradox comes from one of the characters, a minor character called Mark Stambler, who is a sceptic of the actions of the government, obviously doing this experiment. He's written a book of the same name, Cloverfield Paradox, warning that every time they try this ambitious experiment to find alternate energy, they risk ripping open the fabric of space and time and potentially unleashing chaos that, you know, includes monsters and nasty, nasty things that make you feel bad. Things that go rah. Exactly. So he is set up as the nutter. But as in this movie, as is in the TV series I'm going to talk about later, the nutter in sci-fi is always right, people. You need to believe the nutter. The crazy people have always got it going on. They are the most aligned in their brain. Yeah, and they warned you. Of course they did. They told you what the shit was going to go down and you didn't listen. Exactly, exactly. He was right. They were wrong. It all goes wrong. Chaos is unleashed and the space station ends up in another dimension. Or did Earth end up in another dimension? Who knows? Or did you, Davina, end up in another dimension? Exactly. It kind of felt like that. Um, so here's the thing. People die. They have a, This is where I'm kind of like, after this point, I'm like, ah. Uh, people die, there's a rogue person, we think, everything's really fucking weird, and as in all American films, Russia is the first to die on the space station, huzzah, goodbye evil man! Um, and a spectacular death it was. It was fantastic, I've got to say, that was impressive. If you ever wanted a dirty Russian to die, you know, thanks America and the Cold War, that's how you want him to die. Um, a mysterious woman also suddenly shows up on the space station. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That one freaked the fuck out of me. Yeah. Well, she rocks up tangled up in a whole heap of electrical wires. So, like, how did you get here? Um, can we trust her? Can we not trust her? She says that she knows all of them. Says she's worked with them for years, but no one remembers her. Uh, and then she says that their colleague, one of the people on there is a traitor, who is right, the colleague or her, who knows? Why are the walls eating their arms? And then why are the dismembered arms showing up like zombies? And then why is that arm giving them instructions to follow? And why the fuck do you follow the instructions of a zombie arm? (laughs) That is one of my favourite parts of the storyline, is this man's arm that just suddenly gets eaten by the wall. It's it's impressive. It is. And it's a perfect cut to no blood. No. No, it's just... A wall eats arm, and then arm starts crawling around. Yeah, yeah, and like the arm is itching for a pen, so yeah, let's give it one, and then and let's follow the instructions, especially when it says cut the dude open. Sure, let me go get my scalpel. Um, oh my god, they're apparently in another dimension, so if they work out they're in some kind of other dimension. Earth is no longer what it should be. There's an epic battle trying to get themselves out of this crazy dimension and back to the Earth they know and their family. I've got no idea about three quarters of this film. It's like a giant, we're stuck in space and we have a rogue alien movie. Um, I've seen a few of those. It goes so off the rails entirely at the end, but apparently it somehow relates to the rest of the Cleverfield series, none of which I have seen. So I'm guessing there is the sequel, which you talked about the other ones that explain it, or it's answered in the other Cloverfield bits and pieces. Um... Well, it's kind of like the thing with the other Cloverfield movies. So I haven't seen the 
the Cloverfield Lane would have seen the first one, is the unknown. Yeah. And this is supposed to be kind of an answer of what part of the unknown was or where it was generated from or something right. like that. So I'm, I was just going to say, I'm guessing that if I'd seen the other Cloverfield offerings, I would understand and I'd probably like be in awe of this movie going, no. oh my God. No, no you know, okay. you wouldn't. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would still make you understand this movie. The others don't even give you an answer here. Yeah, so hot tip, don't watch this movie after you've had a couple of beers. Or any other like smoking substances, nothing. Don't. You will end up doing a Mulholland drive and going, where the fuck am I? Don't do it. The other thing is, this is my major what the fuck. The racial profiling. And I am going to do a little <laughs> mini spoiler here. I mentioned it early with the dirty Russian. The super, okay, this is a spoiler. The super smart German and English lady are all that is left at the end. Way to go, Europe. The American sacrifices himself to save humanity. The dirty Russian is dispatched after going crazy and trying to shoot everyone, and the very smart Japanese lady figured out everything before she was trapped by the paradox and killed bravely in battle. Yeah, oh, sounds pretty come standard. On okay, one fuck for that ballsy racial profiling. That is it. Yeah, I mean, well, I suppose the one thing breaking the racial profiling was, uh, and I. I hate saying it, the, the smart black woman. They don't all, you know, they, a lot of the time they have the black woman and they want to make her the sassy, bitchy, you know, all oh, yeah. kind of negative stereotypes. She wasn't American, she was English. So you're allowed oh, right. to be smart and black from England. Right, okay, that's where they get, right, okay, cool. Right. Now, if you are so excited about seeing um, alien movies, space stations, other dimensions, you can stream Cloverfield Paradox on, as Michael mentioned earlier, Netflix or, oh, I suppose, most movie sites will probably have it as well. I think it's an exclusive to Netflix, Is actually. There you yeah, go. I think so. There you go. Well, there you go. Congratulations. The Cloverfield Paradox, Michael. Yes. Now, You're welcome. Yeah, cheers. Now, I, I gave you something else. I gave you, this week, a favourite of mine growing up. Something that is really close to my heart, so I can see this next review potentially being quite contentious. I can't believe you call it your favourite when growing up. That's like saying, oh, the chicken pox was my favourite disease growing up. No, Michael. No. No No to you. Mel Brooks was so good, especially as a kid, because he did all those things like fart jokes and things. And anyway, Spaceballs is the movie that I gave you. And oh, tell me what you thought. It's going to crush me. Pardon me, sir. I have an idea. Corporal, get me the video cassette of Spaceballs the Movie. Yes, sir. How can there be a cassette of Spaceballs the Movie? We're still in the middle of making. Carl's Pizza is gonna send out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that podcasting could show people my face while I'm talking about this disaster of a movie. And uh, so Spaceballs, it was made in like 1987. And it was basically, it looks like it must have been around sort of the pioneering time of the parody films when a lot of them were happening. And it was really funny. And, you know, it's all very kind of Leslie Nielsen. And Leslie Nielsen had a kind of shtick to him that worked. Leslie Nielsen wasn't in this fucking film. 
No, because it was Mel Brooks who was ten times better than Leslie Nielsen. No. Totally. No. <laughs> Not at all. Sorry right. to disagree with you. Spaceballs is basically almost completely a direct parody of Star Wars. Yeah. Pretty much. All it is is like, huh, let's make characters from Star Wars, but make them a little bit stupid. So with Darth Vader, instead of him being a big black man with a deep voice like James Earl Jones, we're going to use the really tiny father Rick from... Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick Moranis from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and who was also Barney in the Flintstones. And that's going to be super funny because he's Darth Vader. Wait, have, do you like Star Wars? No, haven't even watched them. I was going to say, I hate Star Wars, so this is the reason why I love this film. No, haven't watched a Star Wars film ever. Sorry for those listening who are throwing their phones across the room at the moment. (laughs) Totally. So yeah, look, I mean, it's a basic way to explain the plot. It's a parody of Star Wars. Whatever happened in those movies, fuck knows. That's what's happening in this one, but with fatter, dumber characters. Um, and they... And Yogurt instead of Yoda. Oh, 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 yeah, his name was Yogurt instead of Yoda. Oh, don't, don't... May the Schwartz be with you. Come on, that is classic. No. Oh, no. you break my Look, heart. it is a film full of dad jokes is the best way to describe it. I mean, yes. that was epitomised when he said they were down and they're searching on another planet in the desert for all of these people, and they go, I want you to go down there and comb the desert <gasps> for them. Comb the desert, comb the desert. I'm combing the motherfucking desert as fast as I can. And like, we didn't Best. want you to take it seriously. And then you look oh. down... And the soldiers have got huge motherfucking combs, literal <laughs> hair combs, and they are running them through the desert. And then the black man, of course, doesn't have a normal hair comb. He's got that hair comb that they stick in their hair and, you know, the... The, the Yeah, the afrocomb. And he's combing with that. He's like, I ain't fun and shit. <laughs> I love that scene. No. There was barely any scenes or any people to like. So, like... I talked about Darth Vader, and so, like that was Rick Moranis. Now, sidebar, Rick Moranis, story that I do like. He was like big in his time. I know the kids, this bullshit, um, and Flintstones, as I said. He disappeared. Do you know why he disappeared? No, tell me, Michael. Uh, his wife got cancer, and she got really sick, and I think she passed away. So he actually quit Hollywood, like peak of his career, to go and just stay with the kids and raise them in a small country town. Yeah, so he was... I would have loved to have seen more films with him. This is sad that this is now the most last thing I've seen him in. Um, I may not see another thing. So we had him. Um, thank you, Rick Moranis. Please come back. Then, you know, you you thought your, your Yoda character was so clever being yogurt. Instead of Jabba the Hutt, they had Pizza the Hutt. <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, boom. He was a big smouldering pile of cheese and pepperoni. It's so good. It wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't. That was so much what the fuck. I couldn't even deal. Like, I can't... You are a smart person. And you are sitting here giggling. <laughs> and like, oh, this is so funny. Like, you haven't watched it since you were six. You're bringing back all my favourite memories. I can't help but giggle. Oh, I'm... Bricking memories of falling over and hurting myself as a child. That's about it. You're lucky I didn't give you blazing saddles. Keep oh, going. God, right. <laughs> also features John Candy, who plays a character named Barf. Its name is Barf because it's a giant dog. Yeah, Mog. Half man, half dog. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know what potential Star Wars character thing person was supposed to be. I don't know. But he just was like, 
this fucking, you know, it was just like the fat, dumb comedic character they put in every movie. It was the, um, not Seth Rogen, the little fat one they put in, um, the, uh, beside Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, oh, you know his name? He lost the weight and he was got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, I can't but he's remember. generally just normally the short, fat friend. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, well, come to me. I'll talk I'm to you about it. Did you not like... Towards the end, where you had the alien come out of the stomach and, oh, that hello, was, my baby. Yeah, look, that was one of my, my solid two notes for the film, was they actually tried to deviate from the Star Wars parody into two other little parodies, which actually kind of made me giggle a little bit, because I do love the alien films, so they had a little spot where an alien burst out of somebody's stomach, and I was like, yes, queen! And those show tunes on the counter at the diner! Yes! That was cute! I liked that! And then they had a Planet of the Apes scene, and yes. I liked that, because I love the Planet of the Apes movies. That's real fucking sci-fi. This wasn't. <laughs> Not at all. I was really disappointed. Um, to, I did catch two familiar faces and voices that did make me smile in amongst the what the fuckery, and that was the golden robot who was voiced by Joan Rivers. Yes, hello. Yes, didn't realise uh, at first. I was like, that voice is familiar. Hello, IMDb. And uh, then I was looking at this, like, the Luke Skywalker parody character. I was like, I know him, I know him, I know him. Bill Pullman? Don't, didn't know the name, Bill Pullman. Yeah. I do that guy from that place or yeah. that person from that movie. That's how I know everyone in Hollywood. Okay. Um, so the guy that did Luke Skywalker in this movie was the guy that was the president in Independence Day 1 and 2. That's how <laughs> I know him. Okay. His real sci-fi movies. Again, thank you very much. Uh, so I was very pleased to see him, a younger, much prettier version of him, because he's fucking old in Independence Day 2, yeah. uh, but so young and pretty in this film. So that was a, a bonus for me. Um, I went and had a look on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, am I the only one? Surely, did, did other people hate this? Like, Davina liked it. Um, turns out I'm in the 17%. 83% of audience approve this film yep. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, sir, because it is good. No, I can't. I'm, yeah. Which means that if you don't normally agree with Michael's reviews, go and watch Spaceballs. Mm. If you haven't already seen it, it is a classic. Or go and play in traffic. I will <laughs> give it one fuck purely for the pop culture references and the people that we see in them that made me smile or giggle a little bit. One fuck to you. Thank you, Spaceballs. Oi. Yes. So, on from movies, it's time for some TV. Um, and obviously still sticking with the sci-fi theme, we needed to find some really good sci-fi uh, television shows. And one of the things I've been doing lately is turning movies into television shows. We've heard recently The Men in Black is going to be turned into a TV series. I'm going to make you watch that. Um, and so, I found for you, Miss Davina, on Netflix... The Mist TV version of the Stephen King film, The Mist. Do not fear. I woke up in the mountains and couldn't even remember my name. Lock the doors! What was it? What'd you see? We can't stay here. We gotta go now. I believe this is Judgment Day. Your God's not here. Arrowhead, Arrowhead, do you copy? I felt something. What do you feel? That it knew me. 
Did you hear something? That's what it does. Screws with your mind. And now Mother Nature's had enough. There's something in the mist. What happens when a very mysterious and thick mist harboring deadly creatures rolls into town? People which die. Is, which is the perfect kind of Stephen King plot, really. You know, as I said, it was made into a movie. It's one of his, one of his books. You know it's going to be weird. It's Stephen King. Yeah, pretty much. And it should be weird in, like, the sci-fi weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I th- actually think I saw this movie or I read the book. I can't remember which because it is very familiar. My other thing is I could just be channeling the Langoliers, which was the other Stephen King one that I saw a little while ago. Okay. this has, like, I've got shades of it. The episodes of this are only 40 minutes long, so you can crack a couple out fairly quickly, which I don't, I like a good short episode. It's, you know, if you've got hour-long episodes, you can't cram quite as much in. Um, I've got to say, far out, there are bucket loads of storylines right from the start. Oh, yeah, they are pissing narratives from the sky. They totally are. So it was really hard to, actually, it's, it's hard to dive straight into. It, it takes a, couple, a few episodes, I think a couple of episodes at least, to go, okay, I can kind of see how this is coming together. Because you've got a, a family, a mum, dad, and a daughter who is in love with the jock, but she's slightly um, unpopular. You have a homeless soldier um, you know, whose dog has just been killed in this mist and he comes to warn everyone. You've got a violent, mysterious young uh, addict. You've got a gender non-conforming young man. The local police sheriff, who is the father of the quarterback's son that that unpopular girl is in love with. And then an elderly woman whose husband and kids killed in front of her within the first five minutes. Yeah, bang. Lots and lots of characters, which makes it a little bit hard to actually get into. Um, and I'm going to say my other first impression is Rufus, they killed a dog, a German Shepherd, in the first three minutes. Oh. That sucks. Now, you know in a film or a TV, if they kill the beautiful dog or the beautiful German Shepherd in the first three minutes, it's not going to be pretty. Anything's up for grabs. Pretty much. So, um, typical small American town, you know, everyone's, it's a football town where everyone follows the school team. Everyone's, with, you know, like foam hands and jerseys and all that sort of stuff. Of course, the, the jocks are the controlling I own you kind of thing. Uh, the controlling police force, it's the haves and the have-nots, the popular and the bullied kids, anything that deviates from their version of normal or preferred status, like a black man saying that we've got danger coming, oh, let's throw him in jail. Uh, a young and popular <laughs> girl goes, I got raped by a jock, let's silence her and bully her out of town. So um, it's, the, it's been set up as the incestuous small American town. Yeah, there's like you see that film, that town in every film. Exactly. Uh, and, of course, when the mist comes, bad things start happening. Whatever's in the mist starts turning people insane, um, like zombies, or they, it kills them all together. Like, all of a sudden, their just head will be gone. Some are trapped, Some people are trapped in the police station, some in the local mall, whoever was left outside. So it's more than a minute, you're dead. The world has gone to shit, so what do Americans do? Grab a gun. Of course. Let's shoot the fuck out of anything that moves. Oh, God. So what happens with the mist is it is the great equaliser. So all of a sudden you start to see, you know, 
the the jocks are no longer important because it's about the group and not you as an individual. The police officer who's meant to be some brave asshole actually turns out to be inept and can't do anything. But the local shopping mall manager who's meant to be, you know, like this kind of lucky nice guy, all of a sudden starts becoming a leader. So you see, um, you know, the, the whole experience of the people in this town starts shifting, which of course sends people a little bit nutty. Um, and I think it's what Stephen King likes doing. He likes putting, examining the human condition. When people start getting picked off one by one, how do people react? And that's exactly what his things do, which is what the Langoliers was like, which is what the Mist is like, uh, and a couple of others. So if you like Stephen King, you will like this. It is pretty formulaic for him though. Um, it's, it's the evil that you can't fight. Because you don't you don't know how big it is or where it's coming from, or you can't even see it coming because there's a giant mist in the way. And it's and it's the big fuckery is that it's different every time. Like it's just yeah. a mist, but it every everyone dies differently. There's no mm. consistency. It's not like the mist wraps itself around you and then you die. It's like suddenly yeah. there's a fucking tentacle and suddenly there's a fucking men on horseback. Like Ex- what? Exactly. So there is you cannot fight it because you cannot work out what it is, which is typical Stephen King. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about tension of the unknown, surprise, lots of creepy music, lots of bass, uh, and just, you can't see anything. They've taken all the Stephen King traditional elements and they have run with them. So, you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of Stephen King, but I can totally appreciate what he does. I can't watch them all the time, but it is a great rainy day kind of sit and, you know, binge watch kind of, you know, um, series. Um, and as with all Stephen King things, um, quite a diverse group of people. He always has a really, really wide range. Of like he literally takes one of every kind of person in society and shoves them in in the room. It's like his own little big brother. Yeah, totally, totally. But it also means that as a viewer, you can find someone that you like, which is good. Someone like you. I think yes. that's the point to make you afraid as well as that there's people like you in that room. Well, I had the little homo there. I was like, I like him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Exactly. This is my point. Um, so an old many... lady as well. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm like her because I liked her. She's I don't know. amazing. Um, for me, I I feel like once you've I know people are going to be yelling at me when I'm saying this. Once you've seen one Stephen King, I feel like you've seen a few. Um, mm. I know that might be a little bit unfair. I'm going to give it two and a half up straight down the middle because. It does do suspense really well, and it's a really good watch if you like this kind of thing. So um, it's not what I crave, but um, I'd happily sit and watch it with a bucket of popcorn. Oh yeah, I binged the shit out of this. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. Not as good as the movie, but I did fucking enjoy it. Yeah. So you can find the Mist um, online or by Netflix as well. It's available. Um, so you are listening, by the way, to what the fuck did you make me watch with Davina and Michael? Um, and we've got one TV series left to discuss, Michael. We do indeed. And I think I hit on something that you may like this time. I've been deliberately choosing things that may irritate you so far, as you can tell by last week's Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special. Oh, I swear I'm going to fucking put in sex <laughs> in your bed. But this week I gave you Black Mirror. It'll be humiliating, but nothing compared to her suffering. He's just got to do it. He has to do it. What's the alternative? It's like I've had a bad tooth for years and I'm just finally getting my tongue in there and I'm digging out all the rotten shit. I know people. We love humiliation. We can't not love. That's exactly the point, to make love to a pig. (laughs) (laughs) This is a joke, right? Ha ha, my co-ho. It's real. Everyone will see.
world will see it. Oh God, I can't watch this. Yes. I am shook. Like, seriously shook. And I've only seen one episode. And I know everybody out there who's listening is like, have you not seen Black Mirror yet? Everyone's been watching it. Which is true. Everyone's been telling me to watch it. Yeah, we had quite a few suggestions on <laughs> our Facebook page about this one as well. And we put out, you know, look, what are some of the cool things that you want to see us talk about? Black Mirror came up from about two or three people. Oh, yeah. And it's the show everyone's talking about and is just the most what-the-fuckery brilliance I've seen so far. And I just want to go back home now and sit and watch all of it. All of it. Yeah. I, I, there's like four seasons out of a go, and I've only watched one episode. So to give you the basic premise that I've understood from Black Mirror is that they're standalone episodes, and Davina, you've seen more, so if you know more, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but they're standalone episodes, and each is about how uh, technology and the media and society are coming together in terrible, awful ways, and they look at, you know, this dystopian kind of future that could be upon us if we don't become more self-aware of what's going on and fixing shit. Yeah. This is what we could be, or and, and probably what has happened as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And from someone mentioned as well to me, I'm not sure if this is right, but that the, the Black Mirror title is uh, in reference to the screen of your mobile phone when it's turned off. Ah, uh, yes, it's a black... Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. So, but no, you're absolutely right. That first episode when I watched it, I actually had to take a very big break before I went back to watch anymore because it was intense. Yeah. So I'll give you the rundown. and Because each episode is, is unique and different, Like you're not going to see the same characters and everything recurring in every episode. So this first one, we start with something fairly basic. It's the UK Prime Minister. He's woken up and they're like, so you need to come and see this. It's a ransom video. It is uh, a young princess from the royal family. She's been kidnapped and she's fucking distraught. The kidnapper is there and he's making her film a ransom video. She's screaming and it's really a very real situation. We've seen these ransom videos pop up in the last few years. So we know this should happen. This can happen. Um, He's forcing her to read out the demands. And she gets to the end of the demands. And I just had a moment where I had to sort of stop... Uh, to, to go back 30 seconds and listen to it again, because, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck did she just say? And the demand that the ransomer is... The ransomer? The kidnapper is telling her that the Prime Minister must go through with is that he must fuck a pig live on national television. Mic drop. Like, what? What? Yeah. No money. I know. Nothing. I, I do watch that and I'm like, hang on a minute, what? Where is this going? What sort of weird shit is this? Yeah, and and when I've tried to describe this to two other people today, they're like, oh, that you know, that kind of sounds dumb, unrealistic, whatever you Oh, think. doesn't it? But... But then it starts to play out. And you look, and this whole episode focuses on the one day from when they get the ransom video and then they get to the ransom deadline and they figure out what the fuck is going on. And as it's happening... They're unpacking this the way it would unpack in the media today. And as it's happened, you're going, holy shit, this this is how this narrative would play out. People are fucked. This is really how it would go. So the, the video didn't just go to the Prime Minister's office. The video went live on YouTube and you're watching it roll out and they're trying to get it taken down and they're putting out 
fucking uh, blanket bans on the newsrooms. So the newsrooms are trying not to um, report on it. Then one drops and they all start reporting on it. And everyone in the world is watching and everyone is like just stopping for the day as this countdown goes on to see what is going to happen with this girl. Like how is the prime minister's office going to save the life of a princess who is so dearly held in the eyes of the public. And could you imagine if they managed, like if Diana was alive today, or there's a Diana-esque, or if, you know, Meghan Markle, or Eugenie. Kate, you, you know, no, no one likes Eugene. Oh, I love um, Eugene. You know, but get a Kate Middleton, get a, um, a Meghan Markle if they like her enough soon, and you get them in that situation, and she's held hostage, and this kind of demand is there, people will be saying, what the fuck do we do? Because we have to save her. Yes, right, absolutely. But this is the thing, though, as well, because it starts off, and rightly so, the public is against this, going, oh, my God, you should. this is ridiculous. Who would ever ask for that? Yeah. And then you see how the public opinion is swayed. It and is masterful. As that timer goes down as well, and as the other elements around it start to play in, the lack of action from the Prime Minister, and you're hearing these words and phrases that come out of our daily politics every day, and you're going, oh, what the fuck, like, this could be real. And and it just, it, it's compounded by this awful situation that the end result is if this is going to be resolved and this girl is going to be saved, the only resolution here is that the fucking leader of one of the most powerful countries in the world is supposed to go and stick his dick in a pig. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It is. And you just wouldn't think that you'd be sitting here talking like this about a narrative like that and saying so much wow and saying go out there and watch it. But I was just like, huh. So it really was like a major consistent what the fuck, but so powerfully. Um, and I'm not going to give away the ending and tell you what happens. You have to go and you have to sit down and experience that for yourself. Yeah. Um, I looked at some of the previews of like the next episode I want in straight away. The episode, next episode is some Ben Elton level shit. And that's where some of this shit is. Ben Elton must be behind some of these ideas because if you've read any of his books... These ideas around it are very similar to some of the Ben Elton futures that we've seen. Uh, and the next one is set around a reality singing show um, and what a girl is forced to do um, when she has to continue in the competition or if they kick, out her, kick her out of it or something. But it looks yeah. fascinating. So that's Black Mirror. You can catch it on Netflix. Um, that's all I can say about it is just fucking what the fuck, wow, go see it right now. Um, the number of fucks I'm going to give it is never been done in all three episodes before us on what the fuck did you make me watch? I'm going to give it five fucks. I give it all of the fucks in the world. Go and watch it. Awesome. I'm so proud of myself for finally finding something that you love. Yes. And thank you to those people on the Facebook page who suggested it as well, because um, I'm sure that's helped spark um, your memory there, Dav. Uh, if you do have anything else you want to tell us to watch, please do on Facebook's or the Twitters. Uh, WTF, you, did you make me watch on Facebook? And WTF, you make me watch on Twitter. So if you did like today's podcast or any of the ones that we've the episodes we've done so far, go ahead and give it a rating. Leave us a couple of comments. We love feedback, good, negative. Tell us what we can improve, what you want to hear from us. Super important so um, we can adapt what we're doing. So for you, the listener. So next week, we are looking at the theme of animation. So um, adult or child animation, it doesn't matter. We're looking for TV series and movies, of course, as we, as we normally do. Absolutely. Now, I have got a fun animation to be giving you. There's nothing you're going to love more than watching a teenage boy and his penis. 
Oh, my favourite, Michael. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, when it comes to the TV show, I'm going to be giving you, because I don't know how much you love reality TV, a mm. cross between reality TV and animation. It's crazy and fun. Okay, you've got my attention. Can't wait to find out what it is. See you next week. See ya.